Madame et Monsieur, écoutez bien. Welcome to Fashion Mode with Charles McDonald, brought to you in association with Force Magazine on World Radio Paris. Bonjour and welcome to Fashion Mode. This is a primetime fashion show for World Radio Paris, brought to you in association with Force Magazine. I'm Charles Stanley MacDonald and I'll be hosting the show exclusively for World Radio Paris. In today's show, I'll be taking a candid look at the pioneering face of fashion. The COVID-19 crisis has forced many fashion weeks and design houses to look at alternatives such as live streaming and remote broadcasting. With this in mind, I'll be reviewing London Fashion Week's first ever digital edition, Chanel's 2021 Remote Resort Collection, and investigating if this is the end of the fashion show as we know it. The verdict on London Fashion Week's first digital Fashion Week edition. When the fashion industry realised it would have to cancel the menswear and couture shows in June and July, Several features were written predicting how a digital fashion week might unfold. This weekend, the British Fashion Council presented the first manifestation of that idea. Broadcast on londonfashionweek.co.uk on the weekend that would have hosted the city's physical men's spring-summer 2021 shows, designers from British fashion businesses contributed live talks and short films which were made viewable to the public. If they then answered the question of what a digital fashion week should look like, then I'm not so sure. Having been faced with studio closures and supply chain shutdowns for the past few months, few designers actually had physical collections available to show. In lieu of the new clothes, the event turned into a kind of digital conference, with constructive industry discussions, inspirational fashion films and live performances that reflected the awareness of our moment in time. Out in the real world, the Black Lives Matter movement is captivating and capturing our collective consciousness. Charles Jeffrey expressed those feelings by devoting his platform to multidisciplinary black creatives and encouraging viewers to donate to UK Black Pride. The lineup included dancer Malik Nashad Sharp and singer-songwriter Rachel Shinoriri, who performed, and emerging designers such as Catherine Hudson and Helena Edwards spoke about the translation of British black identities and cultures into mainstream, modern-day fashion. In an overture to its entire digital showcase, the BFC asked the poet James Mashaya to pen and read a piece dedicated to what we've all been experiencing across the recent months. His answer was full of hope. The life we're all looking for and looking forward to resuming once the lockdown is lifted. Let's throw a party or two, throw some glad rags on in your Cleo corset, me and Bianca Saunders looking anything but shy, in Moloali and Asai. He versed this name-dropping four of London fashion's bright young things. In a live interview, designer Bianca Saunders model Jess Cole and photographer Joshua Woods spoke about their new zine, We Are All of the Same, which was centred on the idea of twins and finding similarities across different identities. 
Designer duo Jordan Luca screened a short film featuring a group of people, including dancer Alexander Alperku and poet Josh Ache. Who can aid in leading our society into the much-anticipated revolution? Was the main question of the day. And Per Godson sent a postcard-like animated clip from Quarantine starring the model Jeff Rosapon. And while it's true that there weren't many new clothes to be seen on the first digital fashion week of the post-pandemic era, there were expectations and exceptions to the rule. Next to Charles Jeffrey's Loverboy brand, Marques Almeida, Daniel W. Fletcher and Eat Outs each presented new materials. So, overall, the BFC did succeed in freeze-framing the outspoken and progressive spirit of hope that pumps through the veins of the defiant time in which we find ourselves living. Early on, the lockdown inspired an appetite for a change in fashion, which was easily reflected on across this digital platform, not least in the webcam discussions that were a part of it. Some are calling for the realigning of fashion cycle and presentation formats, but while the industry will do anything to support its designers, it's undeniable that fashion requires human interaction. For now, we will soldier on behind our laptops until the next stop, which will be the first digital hook and menswear presentations from Paris from the 6th of July onwards. Chanel Spring Summer 21 Resort Collection Over the years, Chanel show reviews have been framed by the exotic surroundings in which they were written. From the candy-coloured streets of Havana to the neo-modernist concert hall of Hamburg, or any of the larger-than-life sets erected within the Grand Palais in Paris. Chanel and its show producer Etienne Rousseau have transported our minds to the moon and back, quite literally. And this season's captivating location? Your bedroom. The first major collection to launch since the coronavirus sent fashion into lockdown, Chanel released its cruise proposal for a changed world. However, in place of a show, originally scheduled to take place in Capri on the 7th of May, photographers Karim Saldi and Julian Martinez Leclerc captured the collection in a series of atmospheric images and a film released on Instagram TV featuring models Mika Aranges, Carly Loich, Camille Huero and Chris Herman. Soundtrack to the track Time, amongst others by the Venezuelan artist and producer Accra. Titled Ballade in Mediterranean, a trip around the Mediterranean featured a sunset-bathed seascape painted on a backdrop that wasn't trying to pose as anything like the real thing. You could reflect on the current reliability of that illustration. We're all in the same digital boat, playing around with kitschy zoom backgrounds while streaming ourselves away to sunny destinations. But before pandemics and lockdowns, Chanel already excelled in virtual reality, 
transforming the vast emptiness of the Grand Palais into a life-size beach, a spaceship launch pad, a supermarket, and so on. If those realist sets have often felt like a serial trip around the Truman Show, overthinking the season's digital experience could easily make your head spin. Rather than visiting a fabricated world, the way we would at the Grand Palais, we were witnessing a multi-layered experience, a fabricated world inside a digital world, seen from a real world, which doesn't feel very right now. Let's move on to the cause and the limitations caused by the coronavirus. Well, these have spawned a complicated industry debate about the future format of fashion shows, and it has largely simplified our fashion appetite. Concepts like wardrobe basics, investment pieces, expert craftsmanship, and buying less but better became early reactions to the call for sustainability which was generated by the pandemic and fuelled, no doubt, by the fact we've all lived in sports and loungewear for the last few months now. In every way, Virginie Viard's collection was a manifestation of those values. We had to adapt, she said in a statement, explaining how she decided to use stock materials for the collection, conceived from the idea of travelling light. It transpired in clarified takes on the Chanel suit, in unlined leather or tweed, Stripped of fuss and adornment bar big investment jewellery, which were handmade pieces by Chanel's artisans at Maison Désir. There was an emphasis on denim, the durable evergreen, and it was patched worked with logos and florals. A two-piece set made up of a grilled halter neck top and flared matching trouser. One with two-tone flats distilled the codes of Chanel into ease and practicality for the summer. Often, it was expressed in a breezy 70s silhouette with bandeau tops and flares, accentuated midriffs with the chain and strap accessories, or reappropriated bandanas. All felt good visually and aesthetically. Transformable pieces felt like an answer to anti-consumerism. Skirts that double as strapless dresses, chiffon jackets that moonlight as dresses, embroidered long cardigans that could pass for many dresses, and garments with a wealth of versatile styling option proposed by Viard in her collection notes. Industry debates have called for elaborate cruise shows, i.e. pre-collections, to revert to their commercial raison d'etre as toned-down frontrunners to the main collections of the day. That wasn't, of course, what Coco Chanel had in mind when she invented the first cruise show back in 1919 which was invented for clients who wintered in exotic locations and, as such, required fabulous capsule wardrobes. Within the limits of trying times, Viard managed to unite the values of tradition and progression in a collection that felt very appropriate for now. And, of course, those of us who are trapped in our bedrooms in a postcard from the fashion industry of land invites us to join a world of make-believe we miss so much even if it was a down-to-earth one.
Many fashion insiders and critiques are hailing this as the death of the traditional fashion so era as we know it. However, for me, it's not so fast. In my 25-year experience of fashion, the show has always been the thing. It's been everything. In fact, from a small but perfectly formed moment to a sweeping spectacle for the ages. It was my outsider's way, in equal parts invitation, inspiration and celebration. It was also the most vital distillation of a designer's point of view, of the story of a season, of fashion's ever so often collision with the zeitgeist. But despite the announcement of European Fashion Weeks this September, the show, at least for the moment, and as I have known and loved it, is dead. One more casualty of the pandemic that promises chaos come changed to established orders across the world and everywhere. A growing constituency will not mourn it, and in a world confronted by social, economic and health crisis, the show has been powered as another drain on precious resources, a curiosity and even an irrelevance. Holding that thought, lockdown has left me, though, with a happy accident rather than a grand design. Having spent more than half my life sitting through thousands upon thousands of shows, filming some, writing about others, to revel in my own irrelevance. And in that twilight state, I've been brooding on my own personal history with the fashion show as we know it. All forms of human life were there. The beautiful, the hideous, the reactionary, the revolutionary, the assured and the ambiguous. Diana Freeland, in the enduring template of the fashion editor, memorably wrote about a Balenciaga presentation back in the early 60s, where everyone was going up in foam and thunder. 25 years later, I saw Vreeland at a Jeffrey Bean show in the Plaza Hotel in New York. If it wasn't exactly foam and thunder, then it was at least a quiet burst of emotion that swept the audience. The first time I saw tears and I marvelled at such a revelation, I eventually too would feel similarly prickered when the sound and vision would nudge me into Overwood, like a climax of a favourite film, or at least the poignant chords of the favourite soundtrack to my wife. I wanted to revisit these moments, review them anew, so that's what I'm going to do over the next while, one every Friday, when I would once have been sitting in the runways in the real world. I thought I'd start at the beginning, with Yves Saint Laurent's Haute Couture collection, we saw back in spring 1998. This was the first ever show dramatically exposed by Paris. Then, I think, follow a pretty random and entirely personal selection. Some shows were chosen because they have a deep and meaningful social resonance. A Gautier, a McQueen's and a Rickon's. Others because they evoke a particularly happy memory. Galliano, say, or Mugler or Dries van Noten. It's an evolutionary spectrum. Hard to fathom now what you'd once wait months to see and any kind of visual cord of the season you'd happily sit through, hoping it would resonate with editors-in-chiefs all across the world. From then on, it would be a page of thumbnails in one of those hefty sketchbooks made in Italy. A show would have to live in memory or in sketches or scribbles in a way that has since been thoroughly supplemented by the digital world and the overwhelming demands of commerce and as it has, as it happens, as it will be, content creation, made popular these days ever so by Twitch TV 
and Instagram Live. A fashion show can be something so profoundly ceremonial that it attains the particular power of an occult ritual. I can appreciate why there are people who feel the arc has been devolutionary rather than evolutionary, but I'm not one of those used-to-be-better types. True to the question I've been asked more than any time now is how I've managed to sustain my interest over such a long stretch of time. And also it's true, fashion isn't an infimate quantum like physics, however I've hardly ever been bored by the show. Tested yes, but in half an hour I'll be somewhere else, in someone else's world far away. I can't make art or movies or music, and I'm fascinated by people who can, even when what they produce is dreadful. It's exactly the same with fashion. They're all mysteries and I've never felt compelled to solve them. Who needs quantum physics when infinite patience is your most virtuous self? So I come to praise the show, not to bury it. Anyway, rumours of its death are clearly exaggerated. The coming weeks will see a wave of digital circumstance and there is a hubbub about physical get-togethers in September, second wave willing. So consider present circumstances a state of suspended animation, like a beauty that's been sleeping. I do know this, when it wakes it will be a very different creature. For instance, my friend Jamie in New York is working on a company called Sensorium, who are trying to perfect the virtual fashion show with a multi-pronged approach that embraces traditional video stills, 3D motion capture and the latest 3D photogrammetry. They talk about transcending the physical runway, and I guess they have to, don't they? But intriguingly, they also emphasise presence, which I take to mean the feeling of actually being somewhere. VR's genuine ability to embed you in an alternative reality is devastatingly brought home to me by Alejandro Gonzalez, Carne and Arena, a short film following a group of migrants as they cross the Mexican border into the US. This presents a sensation of sheer physical terror as it was jolting. The idea of bringing a similarly potent degree of immersive emotional engagement to bear on a VR alternative to the familiar show format obviously suggests that all sorts of dazzling technical possibilities are imminent. But in my role as a booster or a nostalgist, I'll say the primal element that connects the wealth of shows that I've seen over the decades is the focused physicality of an audience of people gathered together, be it in a theatre, a museum, a ballroom or a garden. There is something so profound with ceremonial, it can act as a pinnacle and achieve a particular power of an occult ritual. You don't need a budget with millions of euros to spark this effect. Two words, Helmet Lang. I chose this last ever show because no one knew it at the time and it had a wonderful feeling of heading somewhere new, which is exactly what Helmet did, even though he left the fashion industry behind to do it. 
so hindsight inevitably colours my revisit. I did toy with the idea of projecting myself back into the past, into the purity of seeing the thing for the first time, but that required more of a performance than I'm capable of, to unsee everything that's unhappened since. Besides, hindsight is hell of a fun, and I've always wanted to know what happened next. Read the last page, skip the last episode, and track back, for armed with the future. But what does happen for the next instalment of the fashion show? Well, by the time we can get bums on seats again, will fashion have ceremonialised itself in another way to present its wares? Or, to inject a pragmatic note of the utilitarian, to generate that all-important content. After all, fashion is an industry that needs servicing. Time will tell, and for the moment I'm just going to have a poke around in this grab bag of golden oldies. Maybe someone else will wrinkle out in ways in which the past can see a glorious future. I'm only happy and grateful I was there to see it when I knew it as what it was. I hope you can join me for the next Fashion Mode show, where I'll be taking a look at Paris Fashion Week's current Spring-Summer 2021 edition to see how the designers and the industry have adjusted to the new digital fashion format and how it's been received by the international press. With more details and features to follow, you can catch up with all the fashion news on forcmagazine.com and at forcmagazine on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. You can also keep up to date with the latest shows directly from Mixcloud, Podbean and our official profiles on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play and Deezer. Until the next time, keep your fashion mode on. <laughs>